0: Train tickets, please take your seat and enjoy the ride all aboard. Hey everyone welcome to the ghost train this is the podcast that brings you right into the creepy and freaky world of the paranormal today on the ghost train we are joined by a pioneer in the ghost hunting world Marsha of midwest ghost hunters now Marsha has been ghost hunting for 41 years that's right 41 years just awesome and she's going to be sharing some of her truly amazing experiences with all of us passengers on board the ghost train if you're on facebook search just say boo and you'll find Marsha's mind-blowing videos pics and evp That her and her team have been able to catch so far. I'll also be posting some of those on my Ghost Train Instagram at Ghost Train Podcast and Twitter at Ghost Train PC. And if you're on Facebook, you can search Ghost Train Podcast and you can check out these pieces of evidence for yourself and let me know what you think they are. I'm super excited for you to hear this one. Let's go. Next stop My House is Haunted. All aboard! Marcia, you're on board the ghost train. Welcome. Now, you've got some really great stories for the ghost train listeners, and you actually grew up in a haunted house, and you're also now living in one. What the heck is going on with you? Do you just attract this stuff?
1: I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Although, there was a a point that I didn't have any ghosts in my home. Okay. In my home, yeah. So, But I, I have them now.
0: yeah. So you don't even know what it's like like really to live without them at this point. you spend your whole childhood and now your adult life that's pretty crazy.
1: yeah, and they're not scary ghosts that's that's the thing they're not I've never been afraid
0: and uh, do you do you communicate with them?
1: Well uh, not not growing up, not in the house I grew up with they were just it was just there. but now in the home I live in now, of course I'm an adult, and mm-hmm. sometimes they get a little carried away so I have conversations with them. Okay. You know, you need to calm it down, and I'm at my wit's end. I need to get some sleep, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Now, sorry, just going back to the house that you grew up in, you said it. What was it?
1: Well, and I I apologize to him. I shouldn't call it it.
0: Okay. It was a male, male spirit living in the home with you?
1: There is a male spirit, and frankly, I believe there were two. I mm-hmm. believe there were two, but one was an Indian brave. And no. it, yeah, it was really kind of, um, I don't know, I, we moved into the home when I was three years old. My parents okay. bought a, yeah, bought a home just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, about 15 miles in a little town called North Bend, Ohio. Okay. The home was only about six months old when my parents bought it. We were the first owners. Hmm. And my parents owned it for 30 years before they sold it, so I grew up in the home and you know, was there for quite a few years after I was grown. But okay. in the basement, it was an, it was one of those old homes that had, well, it wasn't old at the, at the time, but you know, it had the um, driveway that would come up underneath the house where it had a, a built-in garage. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I guess it's kind of like a like a raised bungalow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And because my parents had six children, um, the home was pretty small, so they didn't use the garage for a garage. They actually converted it into like a family room for us. Okay. And down there, I I don't know, Drew, I was probably, oh, I saw him for the first time probably six or seven years old. But it's he was an Indian brave. I mean, I clearly knew what he was. Everybody in the home knew what he was.
0: And you weren't the, Marcia, you weren't the only person seeing this figure or this man. Other oh
1: no. Oh yeah, my entire family saw it, our neighbors saw it, you know, kids would come they're, over to play, they would see it, everybody knew it.
0: Your neighbors would see him? Oh yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> like they're yeah. out there cutting their lawn and then there's just this guy hanging yeah. out in your in your garage or was he just in the basement?
1: He, well, he was in in the we call it the basement garage because half of it when we bought the home was considered a basement. That's where the furnace was, and then the other half was a garage. Ah. But then my parents, like I said, my parents kind of closed the garage part in and made it all one big room for their six children because they didn't have any place else to put us to play.
0: You got to put you somewhere, right?
1: And I got to put us somewhere, and they didn't want us running around upstairs. So, yeah. but yeah, oh. it was. It was common knowledge growing up. Um, nobody ever said anything about seeing him outside or anything like that. It was always in the basement. Um, knowing what I know now, he obviously was a residual haunting because we always saw him doing exactly the same thing, which is walking from one side of the basement all the way through to the other side, like in one wall and out the other. And hmm. he, he was um, a young... Indian Brave, he never, he did not have a shirt on, he had something on his legs, it wasn't like a loincloth, and in my mind, I always thought of it as jeans, but it wasn't, it was more like chaps or something that covered his legs. Okay. But he he did not have a shirt on, but he had on a full headdress, which, yeah, typically only the chief would wear that full headdress, So I'm the entire time um, we lived in the home. And then later on, we had lived there probably, I don't know, seven or eight years. When behind our home, there were eight homes there in a row together. And behind our homes, they found some Indian burial mounds. That, Um. yeah, that property today is known as the Shawnee Lookout Park there in Ohio. and. Now I really suspect that what we were seeing was a residual, maybe him going to some kind of a ceremony. Because he obviously was in ceremonial dress.
0: Right. Wow. And yeah. so So were the were the graves there as like a mass murder or was it just like a graveyard for the natives?
1: It it's actually Indian burial mounds. They're actually okay. mounds.
0: Okay. Um, and so that's the first spirit. Who was the other one?
1: Well, as I got older, the, okay, so if you can picture this, we had the the converted basement, you know, and then we had the, the living space and you had to come up the old wooden stairs. And at the top of the stairs, um, coming into the house, we had, you know, just one of those old doors and it had a gap on the bottom, probably a couple of inches you know how those old doors were. They didn't They didn't come all the way down. Mm-hmm. And we would sit in the living room, because the house was very small, and we could sit in the living room and see that door. And my mother always left the basement light on, because that's how we came and went in through the house,
0: right.
1: um, through the basement and up the stairs. And it only had one light, and she always left that light on. So we would sit in the living room um, and... We would hear the footsteps like somebody's you know somebody's coming in and we would see the legs get to the top step because we could see them underneath the door but they never came in Hmm. yeah now i did not realize that my siblings saw the same thing until um, only about five or six years ago when i was talking to my older sister and i was telling her I was telling her about, you know, how often I would sit there and think somebody was coming up the stairs and actually hear the footsteps. And somebody would get to the door and they would never come in. And then when you would open the door to see who was there, there was never anybody there. And She told me that she and her husband witnessed the same thing many, many times. Wow. Yeah. Thinking that it was my father coming in, um, they would go to the door to see if he needed help getting in or whatever, and there was never anybody there. So that's hmm. why I think there were actually two.
0: And that sounds residual as well, right? The same repetition just going through it again?
1: Yes, because it was always the same thing, but I'm a little bit perplexed on why that would be because the home was not old when we bought it. You know what I mean? We were the first owners.
0: Right, but and then again, I guess it just goes back to the land. There was just so much stuff going on in that area. With yes. the burial ground being there, um, and and I guess just like a lot of tribes just being in the area, right? And they, they lived on those lands before you guys were ever even there. So well, the, that, Shaw-
1: the Shawnee Indians did, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, we didn't realize that. Pardon me?
1: I said, and we did not realize that until my parents had been there for several years. When they found okay. those mounds, then we realized that the Shawnee Indians had been there.
0: Were you ever scared of this spirit?
1: No, no, it was never scary. Oh. It was never scary.
0: Okay, and, and so, I, sorry, go on.
1: I, I've often wondered, um, of course, I live in Missouri now, and I do go back there, you know, because I've still got family in the area. The mm. home has been sold a couple of times since my parents sold it. And I've often wondered if those folks are seeing the same thing.
0: I got to think that they are. Like, I don't see why it would stop.
1: Well, I don't either, especially with so many people seeing it. I mean, you know, the people that lived in my home, and my parents were from Appalachia. And, you know, their culture is different. And they believed in spirits. They
0: Mm -hmm. were never
1: frightened by them. They talked openly about them. And that's really what got me into ghost hunting at such a young age.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, 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 because... When we when we first started talking, you told me that you started ghost hunting in 1977 when you were 17 years old. So, yes. I think you that's that's incredible. You got to be one of the original ghost hunters.
1: Well, I'd like to think so, but I wasn't famous. I wasn't famous. We're just out there trying to figure out what the spirits want, why they're here, and what can we do for them. Right. Because we know they're here. We know they are
0: yeah, and you are not a paranormal investigator. You are strictly ghost hunter, right? I'm a
1: ghost, I'm a ghost hunter, and as I said before, um, I don't have to worry about proving they exist with all the science and all of that. I mean, that's all well and good, because I know they do. I've seen them. I've heard them. So I, I don't have to prove that they are here.
0: Oh, my God. I love it. I love that. That's awesome like you you've you've grown up with them in your house so you're like and all your neighbors and your family and everyone in the the whole neighborhood knows that your house was haunted and they had seen this spirit living in your house so it's like what do you have to prove you're like you you got it right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and it was just growing up and I know that it sounds odd to people who did not grow up the same way but It was just such a part of our life that we didn't really even give it a second thought. Like I said, it wasn't frightening at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I would be down in the basement with my girlfriend, you know, the neighbor girls. We'd be doing whatever teenage girls do or, you know, young girls. And Mm -hmm. we'd see him walk by and they would see him walk by and glance at him and, oh, there he goes again. And then we're back to doing whatever. And I credit my parents with a lot of that because they weren't afraid of him.
0: Oh God, it's so <laughs> just, it's so creepy. It's just so creepy. But, yeah, when
1: I tell the story, people get creeped out. But really, it wasn't it wasn't scary. Um, now the the legs underneath the door, and I don't know how I know that they were male, but I know it was a man. Huh. I just I just know that it was a man. Um, but who that could possibly be, I don't know, yeah. and we didn't see him until later on. I mean, we we saw the Indian Brave almost from the very beginning, but the two legs at the basement door, I didn't start seeing that until I was a little bit older.
0: Hmm. That's pretty strange, and you have no idea who it could be.
1: I don't have any idea. I don't have oh. any idea. Like I said, the home was new when we bought it. Um, mm-hmm. I know who? if it's residual why are they coming up the steps unless it was something attached to our family you know perhaps it was a family member a deceased family member or something i don't know
0: yeah who knows it, like we talked about right it's so many there's so many unknowns here so yes. and that's what's so great about the paranormal world and the ghost world is that there there's so many questions that need to be answered and that's what we're all working towards is finding these answers Yes. So you started at 17 ghost hunting. Who, like, how does that even come about? Like that wasn't even a thing. Was it, was it you that started wanting to do this to, to, to discover new things and communicate with the ghosts or like, how did that even happen?
1: Well, as I said, I, I grew up thinking it was normal to have these spirits around. Mm -hmm. So that's actually how I got started because I wanted to know what my friends had in their homes. Well, That was really creepy, because my friends didn't take that very easily, and neither did their families. Um, Because back then, you didn't talk about ghosts. You know, it's Uh not as as widely talked about now. I mean, it's widely talked about now, but back then it was like, oh my God, she is like really, there's something wrong with that girl. Right. So, when I would hear stories, because you know we all hear them as teenagers, Um, about the haunted houses and whatever I would drag my cousin Becky along with me um, or my boyfriend Chuck who later became my husband believe it or not Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah I would drag the two of them and we would go into these haunted places or you know we'd hear these stories and try to figure out okay is somebody just pulling our leg is this an urban legend is there really something here That's how it all got started.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And what kind of equipment did you use? Because there's not like all these digital recordings. There's not uh, even really access for like handheld cameras at that time, right? You maybe had like a a Polaroid.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I had. I had my mother's um, Polaroid, the Instamatic, the one that shot out the pictures and developed them in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And then I I had one of those little Kodak cameras that had the uh flash on the top that had those six little cubes. Do you remember those? Yeah. Um, the flash bar. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. what I And then we had a um just a regular cassette recorder. And that's so what, what did
0: you think that you would get something on the recorder even back then.
1: I didn't get a lot and I think of course, you know, as I matured and, and learned more and technology got better, we caught more things. But, you know, those old cassette recorders, they had a lot of background noise,
0: mm.
1: just general background noise. Um, we did capture some voices on those old tapes. We do still use them now. Of course, we use digital as well, you know, as a backup. But we still use those old cassette recorders Um but we caught we caught a little bit, not not, not nearly what we're catching now.
0: Okay. And so uh, you know,
1: we did hear the disembodied voices. I mean that that's been going on for years.
0: Huh. But and as far t- as
1: true evidence, you know, the equipment just wasn't designed to catch true evidence.
0: Until now. And you're still ghost hunting to this day, right?
1: Oh yeah. I ghost hunt all the time. Huh. All
0: the time. And and so, what is some of like the, the the best? I was gonna say the greatest evidence that you've caught, but what's the best piece of evidence that you've been able to catch in in this time that you've been ghost hunting?
1: The very best piece of evidence that I think my group has ever caught. There's actually two pieces. One is a piece of video, and we caught it at the Ferrar elementary school up in maxwell iowa i don't know if you've ever been there or any of your listeners have ever been there but we there were four of us at the time and i had two investigators down in the um, gym and another investigator and i were we were up on the second floor in the command center and we had um, full spectrum cameras all over the place including one in the gym and it was completely dark the, the two girls walked in, the two investigators walked in and got settled. And right behind them, this thing came in, looked around, it left, and then it came back in a second time. That the oh, film... sorry,
0: Marsha, when you say this thing came in, what did it look like?
1: Well, it is a long, it looks like a long strand of light, but it's kind of segmented. And we actually have that posted both on our website and our Facebook page, because that's probably the best piece of video we have ever caught. And we tried to debunk it, because of course, I immediately went down there. Well, I'm calling to the girls, first of all, as we're seeing it, because we're watching it, and it went on for two minutes. I mean, it wasn't something that just popped in and popped out, it went on for two minutes. Wow. I'm calling the girls on the radio saying, do you see it, what is that light? what's causing that they couldn't see it it's completely huh. dark they couldn't see it so of course i ran down there and then we tried well maybe it was a spider web maybe it was a hair maybe it was some kind of a string and we tried all of those things to recreate it and we could not recreate it
0: that's incredible i got to take but, a look at this
1: yeah if you go to our facebook page under our videos i call it the thing at ferrar because i don't know what it is I know what it looks like. It looks to me like a spirit coming in and looking for something.
0: Huh. Yeah. Or checking out to see who you all are.
1: Or, yeah. Well, and that's what one of the investigators thought that was in there because what had happened, what had actually happened is the two girls had come in and one of them had hopped into the ladies' room, which is in the gym. And her thought was, well, this entity. Came in to check on them, only saw one of them. Went back in the hallway to try to find out where this second one was, and then came back in to say, "Hey, where is the second person? Because there were two of you that came in here." Now, <laughs> yeah, feel- that—that's my team's theory on it.
0: Yeah, it could be. It could, who knows, right? Yeah, that's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. so did anything else happened during that investigation?
1: Um, we, you know, we caught some EVPs, uh, Mm um, but now that was, that was the best piece. That was the best piece.
0: That's huge. That's incredible.
1: Oh, that is huge. Now the next time that we went. Same place. Yeah. We went back a second time and we, something really odd happened. And I know your listeners are probably going to say that gal's been drinking, but let me just tell you the story. (laughs) Things actually happened. We, The first one was, I. we were going up, uh, one of the investigators and I, we were going from the second floor up into the principal's area. So if you've ever been there, the principal, he's, it's not really a set, another floor, it's just a, a little area that is elevated. Okay. And something pushed me so hard in the small of my back that I actually fell up the stairs.
0: Whoa.
1: Yeah, and now we did not have a camera that could see me, but I mean, you can hear me say it. Um, we, we didn't have a camera there.
0: And it's not you tripping and falling because you feel this in your lower back, right?
1: I felt it in my lower back, yeah. And I mean, I was I was going down on the stairs, so I grabbed at the gal that was in front of me. You know, I grabbed mm-hmm. hold of her in order to not fall down. Gee. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty violent, and that shook me. I don't get shaken up very often, but that shook me. And I was ready to, to tell the team, you know, we are done because when they start being aggressive, we're not going to deal with that. And fortunately, the team came together and said, look, you know, that's not what it was. It's probably a child trying to get your attention because that's what kids do. So I, I agreed, you know, but at the at the time that it happened, I was so frightened, I guess. I, I really was frightened mm-hmm. because holy crap, something strong and physical is
0: here. And it could have really hurt you if you went down those stairs, right?
1: Yes. And fortunately, I was going up the stairs. um, And that was the comment that I made. Had I been going downstairs and it pushed me, I very well could have gotten hurt.
0: Yeah. That could have really done some damage.
1: Yeah. So that was the second time. And the other odd thing that happened the second time that we were there is that we, uh, Debbie and I, she's the other investigator. You can see us on the cameras because we've got cameras stationed all over the place. And you see us going into a classroom there on the second floor, and you can okay. hear us talking, you know, yada, 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 we're talking. Then you can hear us on the recorders, because we always have recorders with our stationary cameras. You can okay. hear us come out and talk in the hallway and walk down the stairs, which is right next to the camera, but you do not see us. And then, mm. and then you see us appear on the camera that's on the floor below. So I thought, okay, we had a malfunction in the camera or something has happened, um, but that is not the case. It did not lose any time. You can still see, you know, the movement and the dust and everything that's going on. You just don't see us.
0: That's weird.
1: And that, yeah. So I don't know if we went through a time warp or what. Because like I said, you see us go in the classroom. There's only one way in, one way out. You see us go in and you hear us come out, but you don't see us until we come down one flight and you see us on the second camera.
0: That just doesn't make any sense. Like, did you, like, what happened?
1: I have no idea.
0: Is it possible that you had entered some sort of a portal?
1: I don't know if we entered a portal or if it was some kind of a time warp. I oh. have no idea, but we tried to recreate it. And Night Owl is our system. And right. I even contacted them to say, "Okay, this is what happened. What what am I looking at here? What did we do wrong? Did we have something set wrong? Did we skip time? What what happened?" There, they say there's nothing wrong with the equipment. The re- equipment recorded what it saw. Wow. said well, I don't know. You can hear us, but you cannot see us. That's so anyway, rude. that yeah, that's the Ferrar Schoolhouse in Maxwell, Iowa. Um, those are the things that happen there. And like I said, the one piece of video evidence is um, on our Facebook page, and our Facebook page is Just Say Boo. Mm-hmm. So go out there, take a look at it.
0: And is your is your ghost? investigation team or ghost hunting team called uh midwest ghost hunters
1: it is it is that's Uh our official name Um, we use the tagline just say boo because that kind of represents us you know because we like to have fun with it
0: yeah why not right
1: that's
0: great it's it's, uh it's a good hashtag too
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so so you've gone from growing up in a haunted house to now getting face to face with these spirits and getting pushed around by them too, but you also now live in a haunted house. How did this come about? How did you first start to realize that that this is where you were living, that you were not alone? And do you think that that your profession here as a ghost hunter for the last 40 odd years, 41 years? Do you think that maybe had um, attributed to the fact that you may have brought something home to this house or was this house already haunted before?
1: I believe this house was already haunted. The story with this house is my husband and I, we we had another home and we had lived in that home for 16 years. And every day um, going to and from work, we would pass the home that we're in right now. And to be quite honest with you, I never even noticed this house. I drove by it every day for 16 years. I didn't even realize it was there. One day, my husband comes to me and says, you know, I want to show you something. So we took this little drive. It was about 12 miles from where we were currently living and had been living. And he pulls into the driveway and I'm like, okay. He said, look at this house we were not in the market to purchase a home. We were perfectly happy where we were mm-hmm. and I am like, okay. He said, I really think we need to investigate this house. I think we need, we need to check this out. Now we had not, we didn't even really go down and look at the home. We just pulled in the driveway. It's got a very long driveway cause it sits way back off the road. Okay. And, um, I'm like, you know what, we're not looking for a home. Well, he took down the realtor's name cause it was for sale. He took down the realtor's name and number and gave him a call. And he's like, let's just go see it. Let's just go see it. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, we're not looking for a home. We're perfectly happy where we are. But I will tell you what we, I agree. I said, okay, we'll just go look. That's all we're gonna do. We're just gonna go look because for whatever reason you wanna look at this house. So we met the realtor on the porch And as we were standing on the porch, we all three, my husband, the realtor, and I heard a phone ringing. Now, this home had been empty for two years. It sits in the middle of acreage. We don't have any nearby neighbors. I mean, we have neighbors, but not near enough. So I made the comment to the realtor. I said, my God, the neighbor's phone is really ringing. Those people must be deaf. (laughs) <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean because it was clearly and it was one of those 1940 ish kind of phones you know mm-hmm. that went ring 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 you know kind of like that yeah so then we went inside and i don't know what it was about the home i don't know what drew my husband to it but we made an offer to buy the house the second we stepped inside
0: do you think your husband may be uh, a bit sensitive
1: i think he is he'll deny it but yeah something drew him to the home right like a- We weren't looking to move. We were happy where we were. But anyway, we ended up buying this home. And that was the first thing was that phone ringing. And we kept hearing the phone ring. Hmm. And then I realized, okay, it's not the neighbors. It's not the neighbors. You know, They're too far away for us to hear the phone ring. So then I started hearing voices. And thinking that it was my husband in the basement, because that's where the man cave is, you know. I thought. I thought he had the TV up too loud. So I was constantly hollering down the stairs, Chuck, turn the TV down, turn the TV down. He's like, I don't even have it on.
0: Right. And what were these voices saying? Were they just disembodied or could you actually make out?
1: I could not make out what they were saying, Uh, but Mm -hmm. it was a man and a woman and they were having a conversation. But you know how it is when the TV's on in another room and you can hear it, but not quite make out what they were saying.
0: Yeah, it's kind of that muffly, that muffly sound yeah
1: that's what it was and i like i said i thought for sure it was the tv so the, i didn't pay much attention to it and then i started seeing the shadows and oh. i would sh- yeah i see shadows just about every day several times a day
0: Jeez. And,
1: and i know what they are you know i know i know what they are so they don't fright, and they're not at all scary so one day But I wasn't real sure about the voices because I still kind of thought, you know, my husband's got the TV up too loud. Right. So one day we're sitting there and I heard the voices and I'm sitting there with my husband and nothing is on. And I didn't say anything. And he looked at me and he said, you heard that, right? And I'm like, yeah. I said, sounds to me like the TV. He said, honey, I hear those voices all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He had been hearing it, but he wasn't going to fess up to it. So, yeah, in the home that we're in now, um, like I said, it started with the 1940s phone ringing. Um, It is shadow figures. I see those almost every day. The voices aren't as um, often. We don't Mm -hmm. hear the voices often. Visitors to our home have seen both the shadows and heard the voices.
0: Oh, Um, my God.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's. Everybody knows I live in Dow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but wow. it's not—it's not scary. Um, and then we just did some remodeling, and they got a little worked up because we were doing some remodeling um, mm-hmm. where they became louder, and I was seeing them more, um, and it did kind of unsettle me because it's like having small children underfoot all the time. Okay. You know, it's, they, it's like somebody's always there, and I had to have a conversation with them to tell them to just, you know, kind of calm down a little bit, let me relax, we're not doing <laughs> anything, to, you know, we're not doing anything to the home that's not preserving it, and that
0: kind right. of Right, just reassuring them that, that you're not here to destroy their house, you're here to, to take care of it, right?
1: That's right, that's right, and they can stay as long as they want. Now, the interesting thing was, my team had been on me for, oh, several years, because we've been in that home now 12 years, but oh, my wow. team... My team had been on me for several years to hunt it. Well, you don't want to hunt your own place. Why is that? Well, because you know I know they're there. I
0: guess I guess guess it's the old saying, don't shit where you eat.
1: I guess because it's like I know they're there. I don't want them to get riled up. I don't want them to, and they don't bother me. You know, I mean it's a very peaceful place. Um, So don't don't come in and and get them all worked up. So, Hmm. but finally I did give in and it's like okay you can hunt you can hunt it come in and hunt it well sure enough we caught the man and the woman and we actually captured the shadow figures as well but the interesting thing about it was we also caught the voice of a little girl who identifies herself as Becky. i mean it's very very clear that too is on the facebook page um and that kind of surprised us because we've never heard her It's always been just the man and the woman. So who the little girl is, I don't know, other than Becky. I mean, she calls herself by name.
0: Right. That's strange. That's kind of weird. Yeah. And so when you said that you captured them, is that that just on EVP?
1: The voices are on EVP. Um, We've actually got photos of the shadow figures.
0: So you have – oh, wow. And have you ever thought that you need to just, like, really document your home?
1: Well, I've been documenting it, and I keep a journal of the crazy stuff that happens because crazy stuff does happen. I mean, I've heard my name calls, um, I've heard glass breaking. Um, we've and is heard, there glass,
0: or is it there nothing?
1: There's nothing. Wow. There's nothing, we've heard, you know the sound of a wooden screen door squeaking open and then slamming shut? Yeah. We have. We've caught that, and we don't have wooden screen doors. Huh. Yeah, so I mean, we, I kind of keep a journal of the crazy things that happen.
0: I think it's a good idea, right? You want to yeah. be able to document this stuff and, and know if things are escalating or getting a bit calmer. So you want to kind of keep track of that, right?
1: Yes, and that's how I knew that when we did a little bit of remodeling recently, things were amping up. Because instead of seeing the shadow figures, you know, twice a day, I was seeing them five, six, seven times a day.
0: And is that just them showing you their presence? Or is that them trying to get your attention to say, stop what you're doing?
1: I think it's just their presence. Because huh. we, I, we've seen the shadow figures since almost the day we moved in. Right. I'm, I mean, the voices and the shadows started almost immediately. And the, now we have also investigated our home, you know, and the ownership of our home. And our home has never been lived in very long. It had a tendency to turn over owners quite a bit. And actually, the the family that we bought it from that was a couple from Arizona, they had only spent one night in the house. No way. Yeah, and they, they owned it for two years. They spent one night in there and then said, well, they said that they were allergic to the house is what they said. (laughs)
0: because <laughs> I wanted to know a bit about the, the house's history. Did you ever actually really dive into that and find out who these spirits that are there might be? Like, who were the longest residents of the home?
1: Well, we have, and, you know, the historian that works for my team has looked, there's nothing really that indicates anything. It was uh, part of a large parcel of farmland until, um, like, the 1940s, and mm-hmm. then the the very center of this farmland was cut out, this 30 acres which is what we live on was cut out of this huge parcel and given to a woman who I assume was some kind of a relative of the larger landowner Um, but from the time that it was parceled out it has changed owners like every three or four years the home that we're in was built in 2006 so it's not an old place
0: That's interesting. Like, what the heck is going on there?
1: Yeah. So if there was something there before, we can't find any evidence of it. There's no indication it was part of any Civil War battlefields or any, you know, battles or anything like that. There's no history of that. It was just farmland.
0: Huh.
1: Yeah. So I don't know who they are. I don't know where they came from. But they were there when we got there.
0: Jeez. That's, yeah, because it's pretty spooky well, stuff.
1: The home that we lived in for sixteen years before we moved into this one, there were no spirits in that house. That Nothing. house was haunted.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So I, I still don't can't believe your
0: husband it. just handpicked this place and it ended up ended up being one of the uh, the more haunted locations that you've had to deal with, right? That's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it it's it's pretty haunted. And now, bless his heart, he will say to you that there's no such thing as ghosts. However, we do have voices in our home that he cannot explain.
0: (laughs) So what what more evidence do you need? You're hearing stuff. You're seeing things. People coming over that are coming over for just a party or whatever, a visit, and they're seeing stuff. Like, what the heck is going on?
1: Yeah. So anyway, but like I said, it isn't negative. I'm not afraid. Um, Mm. I just, I live with it. there for whatever reason, they're in that home.
0: Yeah. Wow. And so, Marcia, do you have any other up-and-coming ghost hunts coming up?
1: Yeah. As a matter of fact, the team, uh, we got quite a few coming up, actually. At the end of April, we're going to do Ashmore Estates and Edinburgh Manor. Um, Then we're going to go to the Beatty House up in St. Joe. We're going to go to the Gill House in Ohio. And then because I've actually, I've got three teams. I've got one based in the Midwest, one in Cincinnati, which is where I'm from. And then Mm -hmm. one in Las Vegas, which is where my cousin Becky lives. She heads that one up for us. Um, So Mm -hmm. we're going to go and do uh, the Goldfield hotel there in uh, Nevada.
0: That's really cool. So you're all over the place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we travel quite a bit.
0: That's that's phenomenal. So as we wind down here, Marsha, I know that you've been doing this for over 40 years. That's so phenomenal. And I want to just thank you on behalf of all the listeners out there for, for really being a pioneer in this, in this industry. And I think it's phenomenal, the, the work that you've been doing. And I am looking forward to another 40 years of, of having to, to listen to all these wonderful and, and spooky stories that you have to tell. So I just wanted to, to thank you for being on board the ghost train and I really enjoyed chatting with you and, And I look forward to chatting with you in the future.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to tell my story. You know, support your local ghost hunters. Support your local haunted houses.
0: Absolutely. That's all for the ghost train this week. Make sure you download and subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast. You can leave me a comment and let me know what you thought of today's episode and together we can make the best paranormal podcast out there. Thanks again to Marsha for sharing some of her amazing stories that she's collected over her illustrious ghost hunting career. I don't understand how people can live with these shadow people in their homes and I don't think I ever will. Next week join myself and Dr. Gina of the Dr. Gina show as we discuss some of her scariest experiences that she's encountered and how she's been able to master her talents as a medium. i got to say, she was a fun guest to have on board the GT, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. But that's next week. In the meantime, if you have a scary story that you want to share with the passengers of the ghost train, don't hesitate to contact me on any form of social media so you can get on board the GT today. Until the next train gets in the station, good luck sleeping tonight.